It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Joe, I've got a proposal for you. <laughs> we discuss this week's episode, episode 24, the proposal. Yes. <laughs> he said yes, everybody. Yes. Um, now, what offers will you make to my children? <laughs> so let's talk about the beginning of this episode, because I kind of love this cold open. This is the type of cold open we need in this world, which is... Them all seeing some sad romance film. And Joe, I am telling you right now, I did more Googling than necessary to try to figure out what movie they were watching uh, and pulled up nothing. Like, I was like, what is the song that's playing? Can I Google this song to find out, like, what movie it was used in? I think it's just a random piece of score that sure. they put together for the... It, I put a lot of work in, is what I'm saying. But yes, I apparently mean, but that's also expected from you. Yeah, apparently they're watching a romantic comedy so sad. The line that killed me, one of those moments where it just shows Adam Brody's acting brilliance is they're making a comment about uh, Marissa getting choked up. And she's like, me? What about Seth? And he goes, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, and he's like, eyes just filled with tears. <laughs> then they then they push the joke too far where he's like trying to blame it on allergies. or whatever. But I just think the... The very like choked up, I'm sorry, what was a pitch perfect line delivery from Adam Brody. <laughs> yeah, there was some good Adam Brody moments this this episode. Yeah, and this is more of the grossness that is what they've put in front of us. Um, because early on, we get a line from Marissa where she yells out, uh, I don't know, because the guy I lost my virginity to had sex with my mom inside of a movie theater. You're just like, all right, cool, cool. Uh, so we're <laughs> it's more of this. It's more of the Luke Julie Cooper story floating around. Yep. But yeah. mm -hmm. the proposal 
is that Caleb is about to propose to Julie Cooper uh, after firing her from a job. Um, I had fun with this. I want to just say I had fun with this episode. This episode was both ridiculous in like the drama way, but I actually think that a lot of the humor in this episode was like super successful home runs for me back and forth. Yeah, there was, it's actually, given what it comes on the heels of with the Nana, like it is actually, like there's actually some really great moments that all kind of work and mesh together. It's not a filler episode by any means. It's something that is setting up kind of the direction of where we're going. It's moving the plot forward. It's, I would say that this is, I don't even think this is a controversial take. I think this is the best post Oliver episode we've had so far. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it works in all of the things it's supposed to work in. It's a good drama. It's got good comedy. Um, and like you said, it, it legitimately is moving story forward where like the Nana really felt like a holding pattern. Let me ask you a question. Actually, I should have asked this last week. Do we ever see Sandy Cohen's mom again? Like if you told me that that was her only appearance, I would have believed you. (laughs) We do see her again. Okay. Okay. But still it's like, that's how forgettable and replaceable, like easily replaceable that episode was. If you were like, yeah, no, she was just a plot device for some random one-off episode. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, we didn't <laughs> like, talk about... So we didn't talk about this in the last episode, but I just want to bring it up. Like, the cold water realization in my face that this, like, show reminded me that Arnold Schwarzenegger was once the governor of California. Oh, you didn't... Re- oh, I have never forgotten about the governor. That- I mean, like, I've actually... I remember being at Boy State and, like, I actually saw him. Like, he... As he was, I actually got to see him speak as the governor, which was like just the most random, like delightful thing that like has ever happened <laughs> in my life. It's just like, oh, and the fucking governor's here. Great. Yeah. That happened at my college campus. Uh, Bill Clinton came to speak on behalf of Hillary. Uh, and that was like, it was weird because we were just like a small ass commuter campus, but like mm-hmm. we, I was one of the select students given the approval to show up. But even then, there was still like secret service everywhere because like we were just crammed into a tiny gymnasium that could maybe fit like four hundred kids inside of it. So it was like us and faculty members at <laughs> secret service and just like waiting. We're like, where is this dude? Like, I got places to be. <laughs> He was not timely for his speech. Let's try to hit the different plot points we got here. So the the main crux of this episode is the opening of the lighthouse. Um, and them not getting a drinks license because of the presence of Jimmy Cooper as a co-owner of this restaurant. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy Cooper's past is coming back to bite him. Caleb, who they've brought in as like a silent, not so silent partner, I guess, to help things happen is also deciding that the opening of the lighthouse is also his perfect opportunity to propose to Julie Cooper. Um, and that's re- like, that's the chunk of the episode. And then Luke is leaving. Luke is moving out. He's going to go live with his dad. And he just wants to say that he loves, he wants to tell Julie Cooper that he's in love with her. Huge mistake. And he wants to just say goodbye to Marissa um, mm-hmm. And Marissa is just being 
the fucking worst this whole goddamn episode and i hinted at this last week there's a scene where luke is clearly drunk and drives away and ryan asks for keys so he can make sure that luke's okay and marissa says you're acting like he did nothing wrong and it's like jesus fucking christ marissa luke might kill somebody or himself right now like (laughs) Stop yeah. thinking about yourself for a second. She could have just said, like, she should have just said, uh, let him die. <laughs> like, yeah, like, let him go and let the <laughs> let the dice fall where they may. Like, I got so irrationally angry. Well, no, I think it's actually the most rational anger I've ever had when she said that. I was like, you selfish, self-centered pain in the ass. Like, this dude is going, and, and shocker. End of episode, quick spoiler, Luke wraps his car around a fucking tree and is going to the hospital. Like, god damn it. There is some great comedy, though. <laughs> Summer and Seth bring bring the ha-has pretty hard. Uh, my favorite joke, I think, in the whole episode being her going through the yearbook and all of the clubs that Seth is just the only member of, which yeah. included the sailing team, the comic book club, and the film preservation society. <laughs> uh, I again adam brody absolutely killing it in all three of those photos that that they had him pose for for this character like just nailing the pathetic loneliness that is uh seth cowan um yeah but like it's so it's so endearing and sad right yeah it's just like and then (laughs) there's a lot of what i the one i feel like if we took a shot for every time someone brought up how much has changed in a year. Oh my god, yeah. It's it's the main point of dialogue for the entire episode. You they say it so much you think it was the last episode of the season. Like they were really trying they were this could have been a clip show, Joe. They could have just been like just mm-hmm. think about how far we came last week and then it's like rock and roll song playing while we just flash back to the first half of the season to remind us how far we've come in this one year. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, like, again, this is the four season, first season. So, like, we could have done a, you know, we could have done a uh, a nostalgia episode where, you know, Monica and Chandler are writing their vows. And Oh, my God. <laughs> the way that friends would get it to do some of those flashback episodes are always embarrassingly bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I remember the one is just, like, Joey's being interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all stuff about Joey. Yeah, I'm like, this is why, man. I mean, I get why flashback episodes happen; they're cheap to produce. But yeah. dear God, like, dear God, The Simpsons. I feel like was better at doing flashback episodes. Like, you have there has to be some self aware meta commentary in it, or you're just like straight up in trouble. I love now. Like, uh, did you watch Community? No, I never watched Community. Okay. Community does a flashback episode, but the bit is that all of the flashbacks are to episodes that never existed. So it's all brand new content that they filmed, but it's like under the guise of a flashback episode. Like they're like, oh man, like remember our canoeing trip? And then it's like, there was never a canoeing trip episode. They just filmed a bunch of brand new footage (laughs) to put in as like these weird flashback scenes. I feel like Golden Girls did that too. I bet they probably did. Golden Girls is a show that I need to watch that I've only seen like handful of episodes of uh there was a <laughs> adding on to the the Matt Kelly uh 
Matt Kelly's sexuality could have always been in question. Uh, when I was in college, uh, I was friends with a bunch of lesbians who invited me to not just their lesbian party, which was a fun time where we just sat around and watched the L word all day. Um, yes. but, but they also invited me to when Betty White was the host of SNL uh, a couple years ago. We had a Betty White party where we just hung out and watched Golden Girls episodes literally up in t- from noon until 11 p.m. when SNL went on the air. Uh, and that was the most Golden Girls I've ever seen was just sitting and like binge watching Golden Girls at their house for an entire day. And it's great. It's a great show. Yeah. It's, Speaking it's of Golden of Girls, favorite. Joe, I don't think I say this enough, but thank you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and if you threw a party, (laughs) you would see that I would not bring a gift, but because a good friend, you know, I just bring the card. Yeah, that's all you need. Your presence is my present. My favorite cliche sentence to tell people. Uh, But yeah, so I don't know how to feel. Joe, did we spend, this is me asking for some slight spoilers. Did I just spend seven episodes caring, a, giving a shit that Sandy and Jimmy were going to open up a restaurant for them to not open up a restaurant? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the restaurant is the adult's version of Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's like and here's the thing where in my mind I'm like. Yes, is having a liquor license very crucial for for certain restaurants? For sure. Yes. I refuse that if the food is as amazing as everyone is saying it is, just make it a BYOB. Hey, come eat some great food, BYOB. You'd still be successful. (laughs) I mean, but with fucking, like, Matt, you know, you know white people. You know wasps. (laughs) Like... They're gonna these you know these Anglo-Saxon Protestants need their white wine spritzers. This is you, true. You you they're not gonna bring their own. I I just found that so insane. To, and, and again, this is coming from a dude who doesn't drink, so I only go to places for the food. But like that the, oh that is so that is such a lame duck way to just write out this subplot. It is like oh we couldn't get the liquor license because of Jimmy. Womp womp. We just yeah. invested all this money into nothing. But it's all the sins from the beginning of the season that are coming back, right? Yes. It's 100%. Fuck up. Like, so much has changed in a year, Matt. Yeah, so much. <laughs> I mean, so much has indeed changed. Um, the other thing that I wrote down, and this is weird. I feel like I should have written way more notes down than I actually did because I really enjoyed this episode. But I just wrote down, Caleb is so strangely evil. Um, and I think it's yeah. that scene where he's meeting with Marissa, <laughs> where I'm yeah. just like, there's something so sinister in this. Even yeah. even with his most sinister thing is like, let me give your dad millions of dollars for a thing that's worth nothing. And you <laughs> will live with your mother. Yeah. <laughs> in my mansion. <laughs> it is just fucking bonkers. Like, I... Well, like you took, I mean, you've hinted at it. We've got three more episodes left in this season. And I mean, the next one's called The Shower. (laughs) And the last one's called The Tie That Binds. So I'm willing to guess that we're, we're really, I'm, I, I guess 
they're speeding up this Caleb Julie marriage as quickly as they can because the tie that binds certainly sounds like a wedding episode to me. Um, but yeah, this is chaos, yep. Joe. Chaos. Yep. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're making an ad. Napping ads. I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the, That's ad. the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. <laughs> Well, what do you want to talk about? You're the veteran OC fan. I feel like I always stomp in here with all my notes. I never let you get to speak your piece on your feelings on the episodes. Uh, Matt, I love when you do that because then I don't have to take notes and I can just react. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I, I just like, again, it's becoming really apparent to me the episodic structure. I said this in the last episode. I said this a couple times already. The push and pull that um the push and pull of chino and what we're getting right now is just like you know we are seeing the conditions like newport beach is getting newport beachier right like kirsten even says it is like did you ever imagine that your ex-wife would be like dating my father and or married to my father um i think she's exaggerating i don't think it's the apocalypse like (laughs) (laughs) So I think we're okay there, Kiki. You can you can calm the fuck down, but the the stuff with Jimmy and like you know being this this giant fuck up, I feel like should have been more of a theme. Like it could have been a bit the entire time, and like it's but it also kind of sets up exactly what we need it to in this moment, right? We, it sets up the Jimmy's gonna go, Jimmy's gonna get millions of dollars. She's going to move back in with the mom, but the mom's going to be like, uh, not, you know, she's going to think it's for good. Um, it's a whole thing. I really don't have much else to say. Yeah. I, because you know, it's because the next three episodes are going to be Freddy fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you bring up a good point. They kind of, to a certain extent, it's almost like they 
backed away on how they were writing Jimmy very quickly. You know what I mean? Like when you think of those first couple episodes, you think of something like the debut where it's like there is a straight up fist fight. He is fucked over almost all of Newport Beach. They all want him dead. They want him in jail. And then like Sandy Cohen brings him under his wing and like, yeah, he kisses Kirsten and all like there's there's a lot that happens. But then like very quickly, it's just like, isn't Jimmy the best? Like it's just yeah. like the like the tone of the season shifts from like, isn't it so unlikable that this dude like ripped off an entire town for his own gain? And yeah. then it's like you they make us love Jimmy so much. And then it. It's interesting because when something like this happens, it's actually heartbreaking. It's like, yeah. oh my God, like this dude has really done a lot to fix himself. A lot has changed over this year, Joe. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he's going to get basically fucked. Like, it, and it's, it sucks. It's not fair. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting storytelling choice. But I also feel like, I'm curious to see if by the end of everything, does that move feel earned or does it feel rushed for the sake of plot? Um, Because right now it's feeling more rushed for the sake of plot, which is crazy to say that anything in this season felt rushed. Um, (laughs) I think it, I mean, again, you're coming up on the finale. So I feel like it's one of those like, episode countdown things for the when in the like previews and advertising for it's like you know only three episodes left oh my god yeah. there's gonna be a wedding in in your knowledge base did they know when they were making these episodes that there was a season two that they were already approved for or Ooh. were they writing this as if like this could be the end of the whole series so we've gotta like <sighs> make sure it feels complete that i don't know Okay, I'm curious. Can you, because I don't want to do the research for sake of spoiling stuff, before we get to the final episode, can you try to find out where the the, like announcement of second season versus filming of this episode lands? Because I am, I'm very curious because you know that that happens with a lot of first seasons. You have to write that first season as if it's the only season you're going to get because a million shows get their first season. (laughs) Only a handful of shows get a second one. Yeah. Um, well, Joe, let's talk some music. There's more music in this episode than last week, but it's all mm-hmm. like kind of forgettable background music for the most part. Um, so we got Richard Heyman's Autumn Leaves, which is playing at the end of whatever movie they're watching. Uh, when Ryan and Marissa kiss, officially reigniting their relationship, uh, Syntax's Pride is playing. Uh, when Summer and... Uh, Seth are looking at the yearbook. Christina Lux's All the King's Horses is playing. The opening of the restaurant scene, uh, Harry Mancini's Loose Caboose is playing. Uh, As Luke gets drunk in his car, he's listening to Bob Seger's Night Moves. Can't imagine why. (laughs) Uh, And when Marissa walks in to see her new room, uh, Aiden Hawkins' Pillows and Records plays. Uh, Joe, I feel like of all these... There's only two that even could potentially be a contender in my eyes. I'm curious where you're leaning on this. I do like the i <laughs> I do like the music that's playing um, at the very end uh, with the um, with the room, mm-hmm. the reveal. I already forgot the name, and you just said it. <laughs> Pillows and records. <laughs> yes, 
it's nice. It's sweet. It's a button on the episode. I feel like more often than not, they really say they really know how to harness those. Uh, they know how to drop the right song for yes. those moments in the show towards the end. But for me personally, it's night moves. <laughs> See, so I was going to say it, it's it could either be in my eyes, it could either be the return of night moves uh, just because I love a returning theme or similarly to how we talked about, uh, I think it was in the mood or sing, sing, sing in the casino episode. Mm-hmm. I I think that the the panning shot where they're zipping and winding around this restaurant on opening night is is enhanced by loose caboose. So I went with loose caboose on this one. <laughs> also, it's just fun to say. Say yeah. it, Joe. No. As, <laughs> as someone who um, engages in the love that dare not speak its name, um, I there's nothing more that I don't want than a than loose, a loose caboose. caboose. <laughs> um. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, well, Joe... We're almost done this episode, but first, we've got to talk about the pop culture stuff that we absolutely have been diving into and loving. Um, I'll start this week uh, because I think by the time this episode comes out, season two will officially have wrapped up on Yellow Jackets. Uh, Yellow Jackets, which season one was fucking phenomenal. I watched a couple months ago to prepare for watching season two, and I am absolutely obsessed with this show joe have you watched any of yellow jackets yet no oh my god joe this is such a joe show (laughs) that's what i've heard that's what i've heard maybe i'll watch it in pride month (laughs) yeah i mean it's cannibalism there's some queer storytelling in there it's almost exclusively juliet lewis and christina ricci yes who doesn't 90s uh dance tracks all over the goddamn place yeah uh just a just amazing and also i need to give a shout out to another geekscape podcast uh the binge town tv podcast uh which covers all types of genre tv they are doing uh yellow jackets and i have to tell you i've never felt older than listening to these youngins <laughs> talk about a tv show and Christina Ricci's character shows up, and they're like, you recognize that actress? That's the teacher from Wednesday. And I was just like, I feel a thousand years old right now. I'm so angry. Um, but yes, so Yellow Jackets, highly recommend it. Elijah Wood is in the second season and just like kills it. I've decided that Elijah Wood might be my number one, like, guy I would be okay making out with because goddamn those baby blues baby like I just he makes he is so charming it makes me melt as a human being so uh Elijah Wood wow th- yeah. this Luke's dad and <laughs> and you um okay but how about you Joe what have you been diving into so I started watching uh this show a few weeks ago when I was dog sending for some friends and um, also because like the first two episodes of season two were out. So I was like, Oh, I'll just watch it from the beginning. Um, Schmigadoon. So how is Schmigadoon? Because I've been seeing advertisements for it and it seems like I would either really love it or be kind of overwhelmed by it. Um, It's a little bit of both. Uh, so Schmigadoon, for those who don't know, it's 
Um, it's on Apple TV Plus. It stars Cecily uh, Cecily Strong and uh, Keegan Michael Key, and essentially it's about this couple who, um, in an effort to save their relationship, they go on a hike, but they end up, in the first season, they end up in a, like, magical town named Schmigadoon, where the entire town is living in a musical, and they don't know that they're living in a musical, only Cecily and uh, Keegan do. And it's interesting because, like, if you're a fan of, like, the golden age of Hollywood musicals from, like, the 50s, the yep. 40s and 50s like that's the first season it's they're Ooh. dropped in a town schmigadoon is a play on the word brigadoon which is exactly the plot of brigadoon where you know they stumble on like the floating town of brigadoon um and they're trapped there until they learn their lesson but there's a lot of references to um it's very satirical but it's very campy and fun it's a lot of references to uh musicals of that time period so in season two um, they're not in Schmigadoon anymore. They're in Schmicago, and it's the <laughs> it's the the next uh, phase in the chronology of musicals, which is like from the seventies, from the sixties and seventies, where they're a little darker. So there's a lot of references to, you know, uh, Pippin, Jesus Christ Superstar, Chicago, uh, like chorus line. It is my by far my favorite like decade of musicals i love the references sweeney todd annie like it's a whole thing and like the moments i got some of the moments in the first season but in the second season that's where i'm like really getting like oh my god they're referencing this and they're referencing and i'm i'm uh i love and i mean love a classic old hollywood musical like I would put like singing in the rain in like my top ten films of all time. Like, so maybe I'll really dig Schmigadoon, uh, yeah, in that first season because that is my that is my love language. Yeah, <laughs> it also just like it it makes explicit some things that are implicit. Like you know, there's like the character who's talking about his latent homosexuality. Um, they have like. <laughs> There's a whole song. It was nominated. I, I think it won too. It was nominated for an Emmy, but it was called "Corn Pudding." <laughs> and yeah, it's it's all really fun. And I'll I add that to my watch it. list. Then I, yeah. I I am very interested and intrigued. Well, Joe, we got three more episodes. Only three more episodes <laughs> remain until the epic season one finale oh my of gosh. the OC, and so, then another twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, another Jesus Christ. But it, it it winds down each season. We'll get to the last season. It's like 13 episodes or some shit I think I saw. So Yeah, it'll be good. It's under 100 episodes. I know that for damn sure. Yeah, it pisses me off because it's 98 episodes in this. <laughs> and I'm just like, ugh. You couldn't just do two more? Couldn't, yeah, just give us two more. Uh, well, do what Modern Family did and make the last one a documentary. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week with even more white people problems. Bitch. 
It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Geekscape Network. 